there, and it's like, like, um, I had two people in the last two weeks, I actually had two people on Resurrection Sunday that wouldn't come to church, but you know what, they watched our service. I don't know if they watched it live or not, but they watched the service. You know what they both said? They said it was way more professional than I ever thought it would be. To Rachel, amen. Is, is, is it still working as I say that? Okay, good, good. Amen. I always like to see the thumbnails she puts up there. Oh, amen. I love our church. I love our missionaries. I uh, appreciate you guys coming out. Miss Michelle just getting right off work. Brother Rob, uh, right out of work. Uh, man, I, I some days are like that. Amen. But thank you for coming. That is that is awesome. Amen. Galatians chapter one. We we we, we started uh, Galatians the, the letter uh, to the Galatians from Paul last Wednesday, and it's been. Uh, I, I've enjoyed the study already. I've enjoyed. Can you believe it's we've been like two two years and like three months or so, almost two and a half years, on Paul's missionary journeys. Pretty, I can't believe it's been that long, but we went through it all. And, and in comparison, this is only six chapters. Lord willing, we're going to finish chapter two today, but um, it's encouraging to look back and say, oh, we've already gotten this far along. Just imagine where we'll be at the end of the year. You know, we can look back and say, wow, you know, we, we, we preached this and we've learned this and we've studied science in the Bible, we've studied Catholicism, we've gone through uh, uh, um, um, gifts of the Spirit. Um, pretty good we didn't hit every little jot and tittle but we got pretty pretty well into it um it's, it's been good and um we have i have as a uh, uh i gotta get in the message here but as a youth pastor i would save all my messages i would do and as an assistant pastor i would save all the messages i would do and the day i preached my first message as senior pastor i started saving all my messages Right, right around 350, 350 messages. That's a lot of preaching. That's a lot of learning on my part and on our part. We're learning together. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. This is uh, this is should be a simple message. This is this may be the least turning message I've ever preached. You know. Amen. Amen. We call this a book, the book of Galatians, but really it's a letter to the uh, churches in Galatia. You know, we always think of Galatians, and I always think of, oh, you know, the, the church that was in Galatians. It's really churches. Look at verse 2. Galatians 1, 2 says, And all the brethren which are with me unto the churches of Galatia. Galatia is a bigger, bigger portion uh, of land. Amen. And at the beginning of the letter, Paul made it clear that uh, he learned from the risen Christ himself, spending three years alone in Arabia. We went over that last week. And the point that he was getting across that he got was that his authority was from Jesus Christ Himself, as opposed to any man of any degree. Not only did Paul learn from Christ, but Paul was destined to spread the gospel from his mother's womb. He said that, look at verse 15. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me that I might preach Him among the heathen, immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood. Something that's interesting here is that Paul's telling them, my salvation is not a plan B for God. God knew Paul's destiny in life. Paul knew that God was going to use Paul even when Paul was in the womb. 
It's not like, well, you know what? God, God made this decision. Man, this guy's killing Christians. I need to, I need to do, do a work here. And, and we've got to go to plan B here. No, it's all plan A. It's all plan A. Jump to Galatians chapter 1, verse 20. And we could really preach on that and say, well, in the garden, God had to change this and change. No, no. God knew everything that would happen from the beginning. It's all plan A, from Genesis to Revelation. Galatians chapter 1, let's continue on. Now the things which I write on you, behold, before God I lie not. Afterwards I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia, and was unknown by face into the churches of Judea which were in Christ. But they, but they, had, but they had heard only that he which persecuted us in times past now preacheth the faith which once he destroyed. And they glorified God in me. What a testimony that is. That reminds me of the, the, uh, the portion of Scripture where he says, and such were some of you. Just naming off, man, murderers and revilers and debaters and this and that. Such were some of you. I got a blessing out of that. And I started thinking, man, I, my dad got saved and he wasn't a he, he, he was... I almost listed off a bunch of things, but he, 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 um, he had a lot of faults. He, my dad was a sinner before he got saved. And uh, they glorified God through my dad. And there's a lot of people in here, we glorify God through Jimmy, Miss Michelle, and Brother Tony. But God's been good to us. And I dare say, I, I, it's our, it's our uh, human perspective, but... But you know what? The worse off that we are, the more God gets glorified. I know it's the same salvation and amen and all to that. But man, when, when, uh, if, if Putin got saved and turned his life around and made it complete, God would be glorified. Amen. God was glorified with Saul of Tarsus. Amen. Brother Zollers, would you open in a word of prayer as we get into the message? in this letter he begins to testify uh, how, how God brought him back to Jerusalem 14 years later but but not just that he went back to Jerusalem but that but but that God gave Paul special revelation to go there look at chapter 2 verse 1 then 14 years after I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also got two points first one super short number one the gospel abroad the gospel abroad. Look at verse 2. And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were, which were of reputation, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. There's always going to be critics, and there were critics that would, that would say, uh, Paul should never you know, keep the gospel private and just... Just teach it to certain people at certain times. That the gospel should always be a public message. The problem with that view is it's a complete false narrative. It's just completely, it's just not what's happening. Paul's preaching publicly everywhere he goes. But there's some high-ranking officials that 
don't want to be in the public eye or maybe even can't be in the public eye because they know it would cause this big sin because everybody wants to see him or whatever. And they know they're not going to really, really be able to hear Paul's message. So they ask Paul to come personally. What a blessing that is. Amen. If uh, Nancy Pelosi invited me to her house to give her the gospel message, we'd be praising God. Or anybody that we have an inkling that maybe they're not saved, that's high, high in office, we'd say, man, amen, let's go. And there's going to be some that would say, well, you shouldn't just preach privately to them, you should preach publicly to everybody. You're missing the point. So anybody that would say that is literally just looking for something to be complaining about. And there's always somebody looking for something to be complaining about. It's not a limitation to the gospel or of the gospel or, or a limitation uh, of a gospel to the rich and famous, uh, but, but a gospel that even they need to hear. It's not just for them, but even they can hear it. I thank God for that. Number one, the gospel abroad, a short point. The second and last point is the gospel of grace. By the way, it's always been the gospel of grace. Verse 3, But neither Titus, who is with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. Now why would Paul make that statement? He's writing this letter to, to, to the, the churches in Galatia, to the Galatians. You know, that this is broad to churches. Why is he even bringing this up? Clearly there is pressure being put on Titus to be circumcised. I mean, for Paul to bring this up in a letter, uh, one of the first things that he brings up shows that there's a great pressure for circumcision uh, among uh, Christians at this time. And why would there be pressure for anyone to be circumcised? Because the Jews, up until this point, spent all their time on their law. All their time on their law. And, and, and remember, and this is, this is a really important point that, that I hang my head on with every message. There's true Israel, and then there's Israel. There's Israel by you're there, you're, that's your nationality, you're part of this people. But then the Bible says there's true Israel. And, and, and it's a whole message here, but the point is, there's members of the whole Baptist church. But that doesn't mean you're saved. But then there's members of the whole Baptist church that are saved and born again. God's saying there's people that are Christian by name, but then there are people that are born again Believers, that, that's the point that they're getting across. And what I'm saying is, there was Jews in Israel, but then there was, that, that, that would just go, man, we, this is what we do. And they actually believed that it was a work salvation. But those who are true Israel understood they're waiting for the coming Christ. This is just a picture of what's to come. There's some today that believe that baptism saves problem is the Bible doesn't teach that. Who teaches that? Men. Denominations, religions, doctrines teach that, but not the Bible. So people get wrapped up in works is what I'm saying. And that's what's happening here. There's Jews that saying, wait, 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 it's not grace alone. You got to do this. You got to do things under law and grace. You know what the Ten Commandments are for? Not so much to live by. Amen. We ought to strive for that. It's not, it's not so much to live by. The Ten Commandments are given to show that we can't live up to that. Think about this. Just think about this. For the Jew, because 
we're talking about them for a moment. We're talking about the legalistic Jew, right? There's legalism today going on. There's the, 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 the further we get in time, the, the, the further the world, uh, and, and the further the church goes like the world, the more liberal that the church gets, the more legalistic true Israel looks today. In ten years, we're going to look even more legalistic to some, a lot of people. Just because we're literally just trying to do what Jesus said, right? Um, but even in the Old Testament, if you believe, think about it, if you believe that we'll run the law so we have to obey the law to go to heaven, if you believe that, then how do you look at the Ten Commandments and think to yourself, man, by following those I go to heaven because everybody lies. Almost everybody has stolen something. You know? Uh, go right down the list. I'm going to do it, Rachel. I have to. She's cringing in her feet. Who's the worst person in all of history? Anybody know who the worst person in all of history is? What's that? True, true. Uh, Brother Zollers. All at once. <laughs> awful, awful. <laughs> I had to give that to Brother Zollers, Noah. Amen. Let's continue. Galatians chapter 2, verse 4. And that because of false brother and unawares brought in who came in privily to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into bondage. Man, we could preach and preach about legalism. We have liberty in Christ. But it's going to be something like, oh, that offends me. Oh, no, we can't do that. We, no, we got to do this. But we have liberty in Christ. P- people think that because there, there's, there's, we, 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 we take the Word of God and the preaching of it seriously. They think that, well, you're just legalistic. Man, we have liberty in Christ. But yeah, we, people want to get wrapped up under the law and jot and tittle. No, we have liberty in Christ. If you're looking for a problem, you'll always find it. There's, you always find a way to be offended. Amen. Where was I? Um, amen. Uh, verse 5. To whom we gave place by subjection, no, not for an hour, uh, that the truth of the gospel might continue with you. But, but of these who seemed of somewhat, uh, whatsoever they were, make it no matter to me. God accepted no man's person, for they who seemed to be somewhat in conference uh, added nothing to me. But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me, as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter. Now stop right there just for a moment. There are doctrines that are surmised from this phrasing. Supposing that there's different gospels, because Paul's saying, "Well, the gospel of the uh, of the circumcision, or gospel uh, to the uncircumcision." <coughs> Amen. Uh, Paul would preach one gospel to the Gentiles, is what uh, some would say, and Peter another gospel to the Jews or uncircumcised or, or to the circumcised. Amen. But that's not the case. Continue reading. Look at verse eight. For he for he hath for he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostleship of the circumcision. The same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, that we should go unto the heathen, and and they unto the circumcision. 
Only they would, uh, only they would that we would remember the poor the same, which I also was forward to do. Paul and Peter, Paul and Peter preached the same gospel then that we do today. Paul was preaching the same gospel that Peter was preaching, and Peter was preaching the same gospel that Paul was preaching. But guess what? Israel, I would dare say, not true Israel, but the legalistic Jews. The, the ones that were like, well, wait a minute, you've got to hit every jot and tittle. They want to say, but you said it was the gospel. They, they were preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, and, and you were, he was preaching the gospel to the Jews. So it must be different gospels. It's not a different gospel. But if you're going to be a legal, legalistic, have a legalistic mindset, you're going to be looking for something wrong every time. That was this religious crowd. The change of meaning when, when, when Paul said, I'm paraphrasing that, 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 that Peter was giving the gospel to the circumcised and me to the uncircumcised, or I like the barbarians better when he would phrase that. The, 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 the change of meaning wasn't with the gospel. The change of meaning wasn't with the message, but the masses. The change in meaning wasn't, wasn't the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The change in meaning was the people it was being preached to. All he's saying is, hey, I'm going to go preach to them, and he's going to go preach to them. If me and my brother got together, I'd be like, hey, I'm going to go preach to Rhymeless. You go preach to New Zealand. That's all it is. But people want to make doctrines out of this and, and, and just, just make a mess of the whole thing. And now you're left arguing over nothing. And what are most arguments over? Nothing. Whether it's in a marriage or it's in the church house. Me and Brother Tony are going to argue about whose tie is better. It's no contest. Everybody knows who has a better tie on. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Just let that sink. Amen. The gospel message has always been, always been grace through faith. Always. It just, it just always has been. J. Vernon McGee, I found this, and man, it was good. He said this about grace. He says, not only is a sinner saved by grace through faith, but the saved sinner lives by grace. And he went on to say, grace is a way to life and a way of life. The legalistic Jews, they couldn't understand that because they were trained and taught by their legalistic parents, by their legalistic parents, by their legalistic parents. That I am saved by these sacrifices that I'm doing. These sacrifices somehow are paying for my sins. That was never the message. Is these sacrifices are pointing to the one that we're putting our trust in. The Lamb to come. So you have these legalistic Jews that just can't let that go. There's legalism in the church today. People get saved or God will move in the church service. And there will always be. And I'm, I promise you as a pastor, God will do something great in the service. Something will happen. And Satan will use somebody, some way, somehow to stir up something over nothing. I deal with it more than you, you might know. Paul literally, look at chapter 1, verse 8. And this boggles my mind when people talk about different gospels. And different. Look, Paul literally just got done saying a few verses earlier. He said, but though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than that which you have, uh, we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. 
Can you imagine if Paul was saying, hey, Peter needs to be accursed. It's a different gospel. That's ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Peter wasn't preaching another gospel. But look at this. Look, look at this. Peter was allowing the Jews to mix in works with the gospel. He was being swayed by people. And I'll tell you this. Um, let me just throw this out there. Um, we, we got a great church. We got men in, in that know, and women that know the gospel message. Amen. We, we got good foundations. We have good pillars here. But I'm a young man. Okay? Let's say Brother Zollers and Brother Shine um, just absolutely disagreed on grace through faith and they just believed it was like we have to give these sacrifices. If they believe that wholeheartedly, keep this in mind. They're pillars in the church. They've done been here all their life. People look up to them. And here I am, a young man coming in. Well, it's grace through faith because this is what Jesus said. And, and I'm going to respect them. They're going to sit down with me because if I got any sense at all, I'm going to listen to what they have to say. But I ought not let it sway me from the Word of God. Everything we believe ought to be through the Word of God. But what was happening was there were the, the, the men, and I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrase I'm, I'm speculating a little bit and how this worked is the men were probably coming to Peter he's probably surrounded by 20 men saying actually Moses said this and Moses said that and Moses said that and Peter's well I, I know I know I know that's what we always did but it was always Jesus and this is what it is and Paul began or Peter began to get swayed right not, not that Peter was, was, was thinking you know what I'm going to change the gospel message I'm going to add words to the gospel that's not what Peter I don't believe that's what Peter was doing. I believe that Peter was probably getting swayed by men that he respected. Right? Not that just, he's just this bad guy. I, P- Peter's got more fervency. Oh, my goodness. Man, if I got the fervency of Peter, amen. Amen. Um, but pertaining people that thinking they would preach another gospel... Paul later had to, remember, he, he withstood Peter to the face. He, he basically said, hey, I had to go there and tell him face to face, hey, you're wrong in this. It's not works, it's grace, it's grace, it's grace, it's not works, it's not another gospel. Remember, I, I said two verses in a row. I, I made it really clear. Anybody that preaches another gospel needs to be accursed. People still do that today. But the very fact that Paul withstood Peter to the face is a supporting fact that they're preaching the same gospel. Otherwise, why would he correct them? Back to our text, Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. He said, but when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. That is a fearful verse. I'm responsible for what's preached from this pulpit. And I promise you with all my heart, I do not take that lightly. There's not a single service where I've taken that lightly. Not just who I have preached, but more importantly, what is preached. And and I can tell you this, I don't just willy-nilly put a message together. Not that every message is so great, just, right? Some are going to be really great, some will be really, really great. (laughs) Right? You know, from from my perspective, right? (laughs) Oh... But, but I study them, 
And I can promise you this, I don't preach what I'm told or taught that I haven't studied it for myself. And that ought to be the same for every one of us. We ought not be preaching and telling everybody else what, every, what your pastor said or what your evangelist said. It ought to be what you studied for yourself. And I, and, I, and, I, and I, there's many messages that I could preach that I've been taught. There's even things that I believe that I've been taught. But I've not studied those things out myself. I'm not going to preach that. Um, David told King Saul, I haven't tried that. I can't, I can't wear your armor. That's good armor for you, but I, I need my own armor. We need our own armor. Amen. Amen. It's an enormous weight, I promise you that. It's, it's, a, it's an enormous weight. It's not. Uh, I was talking with Kathy years ago. Um, and you probably don't even remember this, but this stuck with me because you talked about teaching children um, and uh, the, the, the enormous responsibility of it because uh, you don't want to get it wrong. You do not want to get it It's a big deal. Those kids soak up what we're saying. Miss Carrie knows. Amen. Um, it, it is, uh, it's amazing. Anybody that's ever had kids and what they pick up on at anything in life, but especially in Sunday school. <clears throat> Our kids are so ingrained in, in Bible and churchism or whatever, right? Because this is our lives. <clears throat> um, um, I, I was going off to work a couple of day, mornings ago. W- what did he say, Rachel? Wyatt said, don't flee to Tarshish, Dad. Like, that is a preacher's kid if I ever, you know... <laughs> Amen, but amen to that. Amen, look at verse 12. Let's continue on here. Uh, Galatians 2.12 For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. You see that James is eating with Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. Can you imagine that? Oh, I, I can't eat with you guys. You're not, those are Jews. I can't eat with Jews, right? Look at verse 13. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him. But look at this. Insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. Dissimulation. I got it. Dissimulation. You guys see what's happening here. They go, oh, I can't eat with them because they're uncircumcised. Oh, I... We can't even we can't even sit at the same table of flesh. Oh, I know we all believe in Jesus and we all, Amen. We're all saved by grace. I know, but but they're they're circumcised and we can't we can't sit with them. We do that today. We do that today. Well, they're in the Ruckman crowd. I can't even I can't even go to a meeting because Ruckman believes some wacko things. Oh, they're in the James Knox crowd. I mean, I can't sit with them because James Knox has some things I just don't believe in. And you can do that all day long. All day long. But see here, Barnabas got caught up in it too. Barnabas. Paul, or Saul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas. I mean, Barnabas. He knew the scriptures. He was preaching. He was, I mean, man. He was right there with Paul for much of his, uh, at least first missionary journey. I think I'm saying that right. Barnabas. Pillar in the church got wrapped up in this legalism Oh, they're not as good as we are or whatever business. Even great men of God can be wrong. 
born-again believers not getting along because of petty differences. Shocker. You know. You know that's not just in the church house. That's people in general. Uh, whether it's Girl Scouts or bus drivers dealing with stuff, uh, uh, fellow employees, people just get upset over petty things. You know. And when you're labeled Christian, that, that's just an even bigger target. Well, you're a Christian. You should blah, blah, blah. Right? We've all, every one of us live with that. I mean, amen. But even great men of God can be wrong. Barnabas was wrong here. Peter was wrong. You guys realize that. They were wrong. Even great Christians can have a wrong attitude. Even childish Christians who think they're mature can be wrong. And that happens a lot too. Let's continue reading and we'll wrap this up. Uh, Verse 14. But when I saw (coughs) that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, Paul's saying when I saw that they weren't even doing what the gospel says, he says, I said unto Peter before them all, if thou, being a Jew, livest after the manner of the Gentiles and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as the Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law, by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Anybody thinks that there was any works done in the Old Testament saints for salvation? Well, this verse clarifies that right now because it was always Jesus Christ that no works of the law uh, justifies anybody. Anybody. Paul said that. Verse 17, But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners. Is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. Paul's telling this to Peter. He's writing in this letter to the churches in Galatia about the conversation he had with Peter. He went to Peter to the face and said, Look, you're being a legalist. Paraphrasing. You know, it's not about works. It's about grace through Jesus Christ. What are you doing? Verse 18. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. And then Paul makes this timeless statement. It's awesome. Verse 20. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. He said, I do not frustrate the grace of God for righteousness come by the law. Then Christ is dead in vain. It's never about works. And Paul had to clarify that to the legalistic crowd. Amen. Paul, again, he's, he, he, he's making it really, really, really clear. The righteousness never came by the law. The law was only a schoolmaster that pointed to Christ. It wasn't to save them from their sins. It was to point to the Savior that would save them from their sins. Let's close in a word of prayer. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for this study. Lord, it's encouraging.